This is Capital City with Capital J. We back in season two. Yeah. The crowd left us. We kicked them out because of COVID protocol. <laughs> so yeah, no applause. We hear you clapping in the background, though. Right. Welcome to season two, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J. That's my main man. DL Glass. Yep. And this week, we want to bring it back. Let's talk about artist development. Mm. You know, we're in, the, we're in the music business. Business, you got to develop your craft. Is artist development important in 2021, the age of SoundCloud rappers and do-it-yourself YouTube videos? Man, it seems like most of the, um, the folks that giving out the money, they want the artists already developed. That's what they say. But how does an artist become, like, how does an artist get developed? And there's a part of development I think they're missing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, let's, let's get into what you said. A, a record label wants an artist to already be developed, right? Mm-hmm. From their standpoint, you meet a guy, um, he got a song, he's blowing up on the street. Let's say I want to sign this guy. I'm looking at him. If I'm looking for his development, what am I checking for? His views. Hmm? All they care about now, the views and the likes and stuff. But does that mean he's developed? (laughs) Absolutely. Or does that just mean, you know, he's popular? Right. But has he truly been developed? No. You know? And, 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 you know, from outside looking in, that's what it seems like it is, is a popularity contest. Right. But what's true development? Listen, mm. let's think about Barry Gordy back in the day. Okay. The Motown Artist Development Factory. Mm-hmm. In a, in a way, you know, not much has changed in music. Barry Gordy was finding talented kids from, a lot of them from, shoot, Supremes came from the projects in Detroit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Picked up three girls out of the projects. And he had to groom them to be presented to the masses during a time when black artists weren't as, accept, as accepted in the mainstream as they are now. So the level of development mm. that they had to go through mm-hmm. back then was much greater than today, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because they had to conform on some levels. Right. So back then, development wasn't just... Um, Building your popularity. You got to teach them how to talk to talk. Mm-hmm. Walk to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. I'm pretty sure these girls went to finishing school. Mm. You know? Absolutely. You know, we're talking about, for those of you that don't know, back in the day, before a woman was totally developed in high society, you know, they had to know which fork to eat with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Etiquette. Right, all of that stuff mm-hmm. went into an artist development back in the day. Right. Because to sell you, mm-hmm. they have to know that you can be around any group of people mm-hmm. and pass, pass whatever test is thrown your way. Right. So, you know, back in the day, artists were schooled in a lot of different things. You know, they got their, their grammar up, mm-hmm. you know. How to conduct themselves in the interview. How to conduct themselves in the interview. Um, you're not going to see them out anywhere looking sloppy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where, like, the term diva 
comes from that era. Mm-hmm. Because these are the women, they still, to this day, you're not going to see Diana Ross walking around looking trashy. Mm. She walks out of the house, she looks like she's going to put on a show. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because she comes from the era where part of the development was making sure that you also always looked the part. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. see what I'm saying? Certain and, things you don't do and certain things you have to do. And then there was school in every part of the music. Right. The time and the count. Um, you know, even some music theory. Like a lot of people in Motown, they didn't just, like before Marvin Gaye could make his own music, he was back there playing drums with Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, they're right. developing you in every area. Mm-hmm. You're you're performing instruments. Right. You're writing music for other artists mm-hmm. before you get your opportunity to sing your own music. And those artists that you write for teach you how to perform on stage and captivate a crowd. Mm-hmm. That's missing today. Absolutely. Like they don't. They don't. You know, some every now and then you catch people who just got it, mm-hmm. but the guidance. It's not there like it used to be. There's no Barry Gordy mm. for a lot of these guys. It's because of the internet. Yeah, it's too easy. Yeah, everybody got access to everybody. Like, I remember a time, I would say that during the time when I was doing most of my producing, one of the best things I did, that I believe, for rappers, mm-hmm. was help develop them mm. and teach them it's not about how to rap. Mm. You know, like, you know, guys come in, they want to rap. And there are a lot of dudes, I got to sit down and explain to them what 16 bars are. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And why not to end a, a, a verse with an odd number of bars? Right. And why you should make the second verse the same number of bars as the first verse. Mm-hmm. All this goes into development. Right. You see what I'm saying? Um, if you listen to the way hip hop songs were made, part of artist development was teaching you how to build a song from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So you listen to a song like um, Stank Main Source looking at the front door. I, I like to use that as an example because it has everything in it. Okay. Um, in hip hop, we like hooks, but that song had a bridge. Mm. And that's the part in between the second verse and the third verse mm-hmm. where it was just the DJ scratch a little bit and the music kind of changes, you know, the, the energy changes. Wow. Right. Yeah. The transition. Uh, right, right. But then mm-hmm. it comes right back. And he starts rapping again. Now, do the artist come back with the same flow or a different flow? He, he came back with the same flow. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing is, that song, to me, they put that song together. And you could tell that there was development. That group had been developed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In a way that, um, you know, it opened up. It had the... Okay, you got an intro. Mm. And then the drums rock for a little... It's building. Mm-hmm. And then here comes... And now you rocking. He ain't, he ain't opened his mouth yet. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Songs today, without all of that development going on and people sitting in their house making music on their own, mm-hmm. all you get now is beat that never changes. Right. 
Absolutely. You might get a hook and you get some verses. Yeah. And the verses could be there. A lot of times they vary in length right. from bar to bar. It might end before the hook even comes in. And, and that's a part of what I was saying about the popularity part. Right. But they haven't been developed yet. Yeah. And because it's a lot of, um, in my opinion, as a consumer of music, is a lot, there's a lot of people who they make music, but their persona or everything else is more than the music, so it helps the music. Right. It, 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 it makes the song go to, you know, levels that I think talent-wise it shouldn't go to. You know, and then, you know, that's unfair to us as consumers of music. It is, man, because I don't want to say we're getting trash a lot of times, mm -hmm. but there used to be a pretty high standard of what was accepted and not accepted in hip-hop. Because the artist was developed. Right. Not not to say that this person who got this garbage-ass, garbage song on the radio right now couldn't be a great artist if he was groomed and developed into to being that artist, right. you know? Right. So that, that's why it's so important, you know? And um, I, I just think there's a lot of trash that's being put out there, and I think it's unfair to us as consumers of music, and I think it's unfair to the artist. Yeah, and it's really bad when one of those trash songs blow up because it's, it sets a horrible example. Mm -hmm. And you get more trash songs. You know, um, <clears throat> that was a, I'm not trying to trash Master P or anything. Garbage. But man, it's not, not, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, like, seriously, I don't, I'm not trying to trash him for, for what he brought to the game. But the music, a lot of that music wasn't developed properly. It was garbage. And the engineering was poor yeah. on a lot of it. Um, the you had guys you could tell that had just started rapping. Just and it started takes rapping. a while to be able to get on a beat right. and really stick on top of that beat. So I saw an interview, and I forget the brother's name did the interview, but he was one of the early No Limit artists. And he talked about the, see what, I feel like what Tyler Perry is doing is what Master P did. He He straight took, Master P blueprint and ran with it. And yep. you know what I'm saying? Hats off, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Tyler Perry. It's not yeah, no shot. Destroyed all previous conventions right. and said, man, forget all that stuff they told you you had to have. Listen, just do it. And if people like it, they'll buy it. The brother was talking about um, how once you got in that machine of no limit, I don't care how it sounds, we just got to put it out. Right. It was a time that I could remember going to a, a music store and No Limit had its own section because that's how many artists came out of No Limit because they was just like... And did you know all those albums went platinum? All like, them. you know, it was so popular at the time. Like, these dudes Shark you never Boy. heard of, man. Like, you know, Skull Duggery's album went platinum. You know what I'm saying? Silk the Shocker should not have been a rapper. Silk the Shocker was one of the worst. I'm, I'm, I, oh, I mean, he, he oh was, my God. Soldier, well, if, 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 if Ice T say that Soldier Boy is what killed hip hop, no, uh, Silk the Shocker did it first. Silk the Shocker. <laughs> that was a problem. 
because back in the day, a silk the shocker would have been booed out of the venue for picking up the microphone. That was unacceptable. 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 Really. And now you got you got guys today. Like I hear dudes every day that cannot even stay on beat. They, they, sound they like take off. Shocker. It's almost like the beat started and somebody fired a gun and said, and they just took off running. And it's like, yo, the, the beat back here. Silk and you way up there. <laughs> and that's Silk the Shocker's fault. I'm going to lay it all squarely at yes. his feet. Yes. Yes. Because it worked. Him and Nori. And now Nori, ah, Nori wasn't that bad at staying on beat. Man, listen. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going gonna to say that about Nori. But. <laughs> But man, this the the lack of development today mm. is a well, it's a problem to us because we came up listening to artists that were developed. Right. I don't know if the kids care today. Like 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 Nori was developed. Yeah, he was developed in, into that guy. But yeah, he he didn't just show up in the studio and record a song, man. Like like he had history, and he yes. you know he had to work his way. And today he had been around other MCs. And now hear his story, I know how developed he was because of who was, you know, I guess like I guess managing his career or making sure his career popped off. Well he, he had a camp. Mm-hmm. That that's an important part. You know, not to mention Queens, you know, Queens put out a history of he has a history of, of releasing developed artists. Like, these guys, they're not new to this. Right. You know what I'm saying? In Queens. Right. You know, like, you, didn't just, you don't just start rapping and put music out and get by in Queens. So for you to know who mm-hmm. Nori is, right. he had already paid his dues mm-hmm. and done the work. You can believe that. So let me ask you a question. And since we were talking about um, artist development and all this, um, because with developing an artist, it takes time and money to develop an artist. Right. So, from what I know, artist development is a thing of the past. You know who was undeveloped when they first came out? Hmm. The Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, my gosh. I tried to go back and listen to old dirty music. Old dirty, I know they had a hard time. <laughs> Like, you know, he was hard to develop, but luckily he had a, a unique talent that, you know, it's kind of like if you're playing basketball and you want to run the plays and you got a guy who can figure out how to score, but he don't do what you want him to do, but it's still okay, going to bucket. You know what I'm saying? Okay, no, no, let, me, let me ask you a DJ question. <laughs> All right. How, how many requests or how many times do you play an old dirty record? Today? Yeah, in the, in the past 10 years. Okay, the weather is nice today, right? Shimmy, <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, yeah. I might pull that out sometime. You shimmy, pull shimmy, that yeah, out. shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. You pull it out. Yeah, got your, got your money is still popular on the crossover side. You know, you can mm-hmm. drop got your money. So, how many times has it been requested? Requested? Yeah, like maybe once or twice. Okay, in the last, and that's being honest, once yeah. or twice in the last ten years. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just asking. But um, but you know, you you watch Wu Tang develop. Yes. You know, they they came on the scene and they developed in front of our eyes. Like Mm -hmm. when you when you listen to the first album, um, 
there was uh there was no consistency to the number of bars. Mm-mm. You know, they start the hook when they get ready to start the hook. I think RZA said it was uh, unorthodox. Mm-hmm. That that was the point of it. You well, know? It, it was. Now, now, so you say Wu Tang was um, developed. Now they they developed I, in front of us. Like they were but, underdeveloped when they first came out, and you saw them tighten everything up. But I think during I think the course that, of their careers, um, I think two two people played a role in that, and maybe because of their deals, they were being developed. So because they were a part of Wu Tang, it kind of trickled over to the rest of them, and I say met the man. Was definitely developed, right? Once he got away from the clan, and they got him, you know, all of a sudden, right? The bars are the same length, mm-hmm. and the hooks are, you know, mm-hmm. everything's constructed properly from a music standpoint, right? Gotcha. Right. The next one is on um, RZA. Well, that's RZA, it. He was the mastermind. Yeah. So, and he, yeah, he's been studying, mm-hmm. but it, it takes him. It takes his development for the Wu Tang to develop. If the RZA mm-hmm. had not developed, then they would not have developed. Right, right. And that's really the maturity that you heard from mm-hmm. album to album, as the RZA learned more mm-hmm. and got became more of a student of music. Mm-hmm. The whole clan developed right together, and that's what we're missing now. That's what we're missing. Right. Like um, uh, let me think. I said, God, yeah. I don't want to say the wrong name, man, but there's a you know there's a few songs out right now that you know I can tell these guys are totally undeveloped. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the first time I heard um the first XXX Tentacion song I heard the oh one my God. with that loud bass line, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds like it's just overpowering everything. That. Yeah, it's like right. there's no way on God's green earth that that record would have been released. It was independent. Yeah, right, with the with the yeah. machine behind it. That record would never come out sounding like that. But that's what got the people's attention. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It was that oh, 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 Yeah. Yeah. My whole life is a mess. Can't keep my dick in my pants. That that mm, joint. That, okay, okay, okay. When I heard it, I was like, oh, okay. man. That song, that song was. It stood out to you, though. Straight closet music right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and maybe he wouldn't have um, transpired the way he did, you know, um, left us the way he did if he was properly developed instead of, you know, not being and, you know. He came a long way in the short time he was here, though. Like, by the end, there was more um, more cohesiveness, mm-hmm. you know. It was all together towards the end. but. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think that, that record labels understand when they grab these guys how far away from developed they are because here's the part that we're missing. We're talking about right now just develop on the music side and the product that you put out being a, a sounding developed. Mm-hmm. But there's the actual artist mm-hmm. that needs to be developed and like they have to be taught how to communicate with the people who are going to, like, you know, artists, when you're doing it on your own, you're only thinking about your fans. Mm-hmm. 
once you start getting out here and putting your record out and you want it played and all of this, you start visiting radio stations and podcasts and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And now here comes the next thing. You have to be taught how to sit there and answer questions. Right. Some of these people never never been put in a social situation like that. Like, you know, that all they've ever done is kick it with their friends. Prime example, the Migos. They was pushed out. Their music took off before they could be developed. Right. But they're but they're developed now. They are <laughs> they are polished. Now. They are right. polished machine. Now, do you think the record label did that or they did that? Themselves? I think the record label did that. They're they're under so. an imprint that to me, quality control is developing artists. So you think Domingo's got a three sixty deal? I don't know what kind of deal they got. But but I know they they're being developed right. and polished because these like these MTV appearances and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that don't happen to a non-developed artist. You know what I'm saying? You don't just pull a guy off the streets and hand hand this type of access to him. Right. Um, you had right. you know they need to be taught that anytime they go out, they could burn the whole house down by mm-hmm. doing the wrong thing. Right. You know you gotta like, you gotta teach artists like today, man. You gotta teach artists about um, the correct way to refer to gay people. Jewish mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, all of this stuff. Like, these are things that could destroy your career and the record label in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's funny that you say that because one person jumped out, um, always jumping out the window, either saying something, quote, unquote, wrong, or a verse is always, quote, unquote, wrong, is <laughs> Meek Mills. Always foot in his mouth all the time. All the time. And but I I was I was thinking like he been in the game long enough where he should know now, but he still do stuff like an undeveloped artist. So but he didn't he didn't get the proper development. It's you know, that's that's the only thing, only conclusion you can come to. But what's greater than experience? Mentorship. <laughs> Rock Nation manage him. Yeah, well, and you know, every now and then, though, sometimes you can't even blame the label or whatever. Some people just can't be developed. Like, no matter what happened with Old Dirty, Old Dirty spent all that time, and he they never got him straight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, you know, know. How he died. Yeah, yeah. show yeah. up, you know, you got an interview at 1 o'clock, you know, he may come, he may not. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that is part of the development. I cut you off, but if you think about, like, so we're talking about artist development, right? And if you think about artist development and what we discussed this far, it's all of season one. The topics that we talked about for season one. <laughs> all of this, you know. are development issues. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> right. And I tell wow. you, though, my time on the radio taught me, you know, I realized that, you know, often I compare music to sports. Mm-hmm. They're parallels because of the, the way these things go. And the radio station I was at, 102 Jams, Greensboro, for a developing artist, mm-hmm. you know, these are, these are scrimmage games. You know what I'm saying? Come do an interview with us. 
So you don't mess your interview with Funkmaster Flex up. You know, they got guys, the guy who's bringing them to the station, you know, it's almost like a, a label handler. Mm-hmm. You know, interviews over, it's like, okay, next time you need to do this mm-hmm. and answer this and make sure that you're engaging and make sure you don't, you know, don't have such a bad attitude next time you walk in. They're getting this in the car, believe that, mm-hmm. going from station to station. Right. Then when they get to the big station, they should be able to handle this thing. I've seen it. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen it because, you know, um, um, before the pandemic happened, you would see Hot 97, um, The Breakfast Club, you know, they would interview the same artists on the same day. But you can tell who, when, when they first asked the question early in the morning, it depends on which station they at. Their answer is very different than when they get to that second station. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what I'm you you ask the question, they say one thing, then mm-hmm. the people get in their ear like, "Hey, man, right? You better not go over there to Wendy Williams talking that right there. Don't you say need that. To clean that shit. Up. Don't say that to Wendy Williams, mm-hmm. or you can't take that in there with Charlemagne. Mm. You know, they get groomed. Right. That's part of the development too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that they um that part is gone. But I, I, like I, I said earlier, I think it's in part a lot because of the internet and how everybody want everything right now. So if I can get an artist who is already and, and what it seems like they gauging developed by is popularity <laughs> because the artist who got the most YouTube views and different stuff like that, that's who you see getting the deals and all that. Right. So, but it, it, it's a missing component, and I, I think they should bring it back. Yeah, man, it's it's a problem nowadays. But, um, you know, like I said, the record label's coming back. We talked about that last season. And even though for a lot of artists, you know, they think the record label's are pure evil. They're just here to steal our money and suck us dry. Record labels act as a magnificent buffer it's between the consumer and the artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even when you look at Rock Nation, and I don't want to try to bash Rock Nation, but some of the um, guys from Rock Nation got jammed up from the feds right now. Uh-huh. And I'm like, but I seen the pictures, y'all at the brunch, y'all dressing up and everything. So is it this a photo op, or it, are y'all actually building you know what I'm saying? For the betterment of the people that you got signed to you. Because it, it, from from my view, it looked like you're you in the same situation. Like, you, the 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 label, the management is ran the same way, you know, yeah. that everybody else is running things. So am I supposed to run to you because you're a black business? Hey, man. Development on every mm-hmm. level. You know what I'm saying? It could destroy your career. Right. And they could destroy your business. And if you're an artist, your career is your business. Absolutely. I remember um, one point, uh, you know, there were certain artists, some women, you know, first come on the scene. Mm-hmm. You got to pull them to the side and tell them you can't just sleep with anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not, not, you know, don't go to a radio station, don't sleep with program directors don't be sleeping with club owners right don't sleep with 
with artists in the industry. You know what I'm saying? You lose your respect before it's over. Mm-hmm. Like that. And they, you know, but some girls have to be taught that because when they come in the game, they're still, they're still fans at that time. Absolutely. So part of the development for a female in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you coming in the game and you have to realize that once you're an artist, you're coming from a position of power. Mm. And you don't give your power up like that. And um, that bring me to the movie on Netflix, Ma Rainey. Mm-hmm. You saw that? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, great movie. Man. Man. <laughs> she was developed. She was developed. Fully. Life developed her though. But she also had she also had good um she had mentorship too. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? There was a in the, yeah. on the Chitlin circuit, she had mentorship and right. then she turned around and mentored Bessie Smith, mm-hmm. who Queen Latifah played mm-hmm. probably a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So what go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen um Bessie, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah. Okay. The first part of the movie was her and my rainy. Mm. Showing how she got developed. Okay, okay. See, important, right? So you know, it was it's, it was a each one teach one type of deal. You know, it, most artists who you you know who are well known, you can think back to who developed them. Um, Sam Cooke uh, developed Bobby Womack. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> All of those guys in Motown were under the, t- the ultimate tutelage of Barry Gordy, but within the system, they, you know, Marvin Gaye developed a whole lot of artists in Motown. Mm-hmm. Helped them, you know, taught a whole lot of people a lot about the game. And, you know, that made, made me think about um, Rick Ross because Rick Ross, um, I think, was in the game probably 10 years before we heard of him. And so now, 15 years later. You can see that he was developed when he came out. He was already polished. He was already polished. Mm-hmm. You didn't you have know. to, you didn't, when he went in the studio, you didn't have to teach him how to make a song. He already knew. He knew. You know. He knows how to relate to the people he's talking to. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why he's on, you know, that's why he makes guest appearances so many places because right. he, was, he was a fully developed artist and didn't take much work. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to invest in Rick Ross too much. Right. You know? It was already there. Yeah, already there. Yeah. But, um, man, he cast the day. Mm. Like, look at, look at how Kodak Black has been developed. Mm. They did a great job with Kodak. Man, did they? 21 Savage, great job. Mm. Somebody got it. They got a hold of them. Mm-hmm. They developed those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Kendrick Lamar, on the other hand, was a little more polished. When you first, when, from the first time you heard him, right. he was ready. Right. Because you know that Dre camp, man. You know how long it takes Dre to put something out there. So Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to bring it back to North Carolina, the baby was polished and the rest of the world heard of him. Yeah, he was polished already. He had been, he had been doing that work, mm-hmm. and he had like we had a conversation about Arnold Taylor down there, mm-hmm. and I know him personally. Yeah, and I know he knows the game. Mm-hmm. And if the baby was dealing with him, then he had a wonderful mentor, right? <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> Absolutely, right. When did you first hear about um, Arnold Taylor? Um, ooh. I've known him since 97, 96, 97. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he was, um, back in the day before the record labels folded, every record label had, uh, had guys in every state mm-hmm. who were distributing, helping distribute that music. You know, we call them the record reps. Okay. And um, <clears throat> Arnold was a guy who was an independent rep, and he worked for for different labels too. Like, but he also had been independent, having an account as a, as an independent rep. You would um be the guy. He's in Charlotte, and they need to make sure that this music gets distributed to the DJs in Charlotte. Okay. Arnold Taylor's a guy. It's like, hey, Arnold, we need help with this project. Mm-hmm. So. He worked with the label on the contracts, kind of help get the music out. Mm-hmm. And since I was on the radio, I'm one of the guys. He calling, hey, hey, such and such got a new record out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna send it to you. Okay, tell me what you think. Okay, so that's that's how we got. You know, that's how we got to know each other. Okay, okay. But working so closely with artists, he um, you know, he learned the game from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember he used to bring guys, you know, when they would come to town, he was one of the guys that would bring them to the station for the interview, too. Right. So he's in their ear. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. I, if if memory serves me correct, I think he might have brought Jaquan through mm-hmm. Tipsy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody Fifth in club tips. Yeah, Fifth War Weeby. Mm. I remember, um, I think he was dealing with him for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going off memory right now. I remember, I met a whole lot of people, but if memory serves me correct, those are two that I remember him bringing through the market. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a big Fifth Ward fan. R.I.P. to Fifth Ward, Weeby. Mm. Ended O. Mm. That was my joint. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, when you get somebody like that in your corner, man, they keep you from making rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know? And rookie mistakes cause setbacks. Right. Setbacks keep you from getting as far as you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. So you eliminate those early on because you got to think you don't have so much time before people get tired of you. <laughs> so, you know, you're not going to rise to the top forever and ever and ever. Right. So if you can, the more developed you are when you get that first popular song, mm-hmm. the more you can take advantage of your run. Right. And the baby was ready. Oh, yeah. He was ready. Full advantage. Hell, yeah. Yep. <laughs> when we fought. Three years in, four years in, and he ain't changed his flow yet. <laughs> that's why. That's why people think that that guy Moray down in Fayetteville is an industry plant, right? Because he's so developed, right? <clears throat> How? Well, they could have just studied the game. I mean, it's yeah. possible. Like if you if you had the right mind, mm-hmm. you can you can put a polished product out right. first time out. It's possible. I saw. Um, I think it was DJ Academics. Calling him a plant because he didn't come from the J. Cole camp and he's so polished. Like, where did he come from? You ain't got to come from the J. Cole camp. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Just because we hadn't heard of dudes, mm. dudes are putting in work. He could have been putting in work. And yeah. And you got to believe that some people just get it. Like, or, or he just got it. Yeah. He might just have it. Yeah, he just yeah. got it. You know, yeah. you, if you listen to enough music, like, that, to right. me, that's an indicator that you should be where you are. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if, you, if you listen to hip-hop your whole life, 
And then you start writing raps, and the first verse is five bars, and the next one's 17 bars. Maybe rapping ain't, it ain't even your thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should at least be able to emulate what you heard. Right. Right. And if you can just do that. I'm surprised you heard him already, though. Oh man, quick saying that's the joint. <laughs> you remember? I, I told you when I saw the video, man. Now this is the guy's honest truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where that guy was from. Right. I took one look at the people in, in that video. Yes. I said, man, if these dudes don't look like people I know, <laughs> I said, I know this guy's from North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? For Whoa. some odd reason. I knew it. I, I could feel yeah. it in my bones. Right. I saw all them chunky people standing around dancing that video with no shirts on. I said, that is North Carolina all day, and that's where I'm from. Eastern North Carolina. I recognize it was dripping all over everybody uh, in the video. Everybody in, in the my, video. They, they reeked of Eastern North Carolina. Absolutely. And I recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 crazy that we identify them as Eastern North Carolina, but because yeah. the radio station down there is more south, it, it it's not the same. Well, like we we been through North Carolina's three parts. Yeah, you know, there's Charlotte. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte is one part of North Carolina mm-hmm. and everything around it. Right. <laughs> then you got. From Raleigh to Winston Salem, mm. you know, and I guess you count the mountains and all that, but we don't we don't think about that, right? And then there's Eastern North Carolina, and then there's the Eastern, and they are yeah. all distinctly different. Yes. So yes. moving from one to the other is like going to a different state. Yeah, it, and then the mountain region too. So you're talking about four different states within the state yeah. that have four totally separate identities. And Crazy. and even parts of Eastern North Carolina aren't all the same. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, life in Wilmington is not the same as right. It's Fayetteville, Tarboro, you know, Kenston, Kenston, you know, yeah. So, yeah. but you know the look, and when I looked at those guys, I said, "Man, that's that's home right there." <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Felt familiar. It felt familiar, man. And mm-hmm. when I like, yeah, when I watched that video, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm at Pioneer Courts. Yeah. What's up, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it yeah, looked like. It yeah. felt not looked like, but it felt like right. being at a cookout or something. Right. Everybody out in <laughs> Princeville. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I said the same thing when I saw the video. I was like, yo, that it just looked. You know, and then I found out he was from North Carolina. I was like, oh. Yep. Okay. You know it when you see it. Yeah. But the sound, the sound is ultra polished. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's talk about somebody else who wasn't developed. Now you knew you wouldn't accuse Chief accuse Chief Keith of being mm-hmm. an industry plant back in the day. He was extremely unpolished, yeah. and everything Steel. that that whole right, that whole movement <laughs> yeah. is unpolished. Right, right. You know, and and not developed mm-hmm. by mentors. Right, but their sound now that has become the signature of the sound. The sound is undeveloped. And now you they mentor each other to be like that. Right. So, you know, if you're going to participate, then you're not going to sound too polished. So you're not really drill. Mm. Yeah. It's not a polished sound. Right. Right. So now the, the mentorship is mm. there and that is what it is. Right. Right. But yeah. all, all it is is, you know... It, Made me reflect on season one. 
because, you know, I won't say which part because I don't want to call nobody no gang member, but we did discuss gang gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we used to talk about polished and unpolished, you know. <laughs> we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> and a lot of that, like, that's what allowed a lot of the unpolished to, to creep in here, too. Mm. When, you you know, when the biggest fans of the music. Right. Are such strong people. Yeah. <laughs> it lets you know how strong that shit is. Right. Then, you know, you just like, well, I guess I overlooked the fact that this dude ain't that good and that these bars don't make sense and that this beat is trash. And if y'all like it, then we'll, we'll be playing it then. Right. Okay. Just, just please leave the station now. <laughs> don't shoot nobody. <laughs> don't shoot nobody. We got you. I'm going to play that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but true. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. There have been many a gangster artists that weren't that great that keep their name out there. Mayno. <laughs> I would say he, most recently, you know, because the more I heard his story, I was like, okay, that's why they do it on the radio. Yeah. I'm about some high hater. Trick, trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't hear trick, trick on the radio, period. Well, in Detroit, you did. Yeah, you see what I'm saying, and and like that's where did. that's where he had access to the people of Detroit. So he didn't make it out. His, there. but his gangster, his yeah. gangster kept him kept his name popping. Absolutely, you know, and nobody wanted to be on the bad side of Trick Trick. Right, you know what I'm saying. Right. Like nobody even. I guess I would imagine that there were people who probably didn't even like the music, just act like they did when they he came did around. A with him. <laughs> you know exactly. He got songs with damn near everybody. Right, man. Right. That's that's you know that's one part respect, one part fear. It's a it's, it's a, a combination of both. Yeah, depending yeah. on who you are, you know. Some people just respect that that dude's gangster, and some people fear that dude's gangster. So I got a song with the one of the hottest rappers out right now. All the hot rappers, uh, I got a song with them. What's stopping me from blowing? If you got a song with all the hot rappers? Yeah. Well, you're going to get a certain amount of distance out of that anyway. Yeah. You know? But the fact of the matter is, it all comes down to how good the, the product is. Mm. But um, it's a shame when you have certain artists that come out with another artist. Mm-hmm. And the person, the featured artist, ends up blowing. Right. And then you forget all about the guy who originally put the song out. Yeah. You know, like um, that could have happened with Gucci Mane when he dropped Icy with Jeezy. Mm-hmm. Jeezy took off, but Gucci Mane took off too. Yeah. But, yeah. but that could have been one of those cases. Both of them, that was kind of like your introduction to Jeezy and Gucci Mane mm-hmm. at the same time. And it was a big song. Huge song. Yeah. Big, big, big. Gucci was um, unpolished for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But he kept working. He was. Jeezy got polished first. Yes. You yeah. know? I think Jeezy was polished his first album. He, he, he was already polished. Well, uh, how about this stage of development? The record labels are looking for, these are your stages of awareness, mm-hmm. all right? You could be, first, you know, I saw this on somebody's YouTube joint. We're going to vary it a little bit. There's, um, there's the undiscovered artist. Mm-hmm. 
or somebody nobody's heard of. And then you got that stage where you put out some sound clouds, and people are digging it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think they refer to that as the promising stage. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then you get your first hit. Mm. And now you're, you're on a whole new phase right now. This is the point where the record labels are starting to come calling. Right. And they want to see how much of investment, how much of an investment is going to take to make you a fully polished artist, to realize your full potential. Mm. And a lot of times when you see artists fall off, it's because <clears throat> we as a consumer, we're sitting here thinking, man, how come the record labels stop messing with that dude? They may have invested enough and seen enough mm-hmm. to know that he'll never reach that. The goal, the end goal of full development. Right. Because when they sign you, they're not signing dudes to put out a couple of singles. They want everybody to be Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. You see, what that, that's the goal. Right. The right. goal is we're looking for Jay-Zs. Mm-hmm. You get signed, and you're thinking you're doing all right. They're like, man, this guy ain't Jay-Z yet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And next thing you know, you drop from the label. And you thinking everything was sweet. They just didn't. They just didn't put enough energy in my project. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're promoting they my project. Do with me. But some of that is you. Right. You know, you weren't. Yeah. It's something about you. People didn't latch on to. Yeah. The record labels don't like you. You come through. You not. You know, people not feeling you. Mm-hmm. It's nothing the label can do about it. But they can't keep throwing money at your project like that. And they'll cut ties. They're like, okay. We got about $300,000 left inside this dude. We can keep right on. We put another 300000 maybe another meal in. Shit. Or, hmm, let's go with this guy over here. I think he's going to be the next Jay-Z. <laughs> right. And you know, it's funny because um, when 50 Cent and Rick Ross had their problems, that was one thing that 50 Cent kept honing in on. I'm saying to Def Jam, like, why you keep investing money into this dude and you're not recouping from him? But From Rick Ross? Yeah. They weren't recouping? Well, according to what he put out. Yeah, that's 50 spin on it. He just just said that. (laughs) Yeah. Because from what I can tell, they definitely recruited him. They were getting, they were getting, Yeah. yeah, they were getting their money back on their investment out of Rick Ross. I'm not worried about that at all. You know? It, yeah. That was a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> and, what, 10 years later, 15 years later, we still here. He yeah. could drop a project right now that do good. I don't know now. Well, I said do good. <laughs> I didn't say do great. I said do good now. <laughs> the funny thing is, Rick Ross is on his way to becoming an adult artist. Say it again. He's on his way to becoming an adult artist. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he he he, he he's already peaked. Right. Yeah, he peaked a long time ago. So he had a good run though. Yeah, the youth. You know, youth is driving the industry right now, mm-hmm. and that in itself is part of the problem too, because. You know, development takes work. And young people want to feel like they can have what's out there. Right now. Immediately. And they're going to, you know, they're going to ride with those guys that buck the establishment. You know, because it's, it, 
It's an indicator that they can get it too. If he can get it, I can get it. I'm gonna support this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care about all that stuff that we used to care about. Well, can you say that that wasn't the motive back in the day? And when I say that wasn't a motive, I'm talking about the artists and you know the the folks that look like us that come from whatever to to this stardom because i I think that the the labels that was investing in people then they were investing for the long term you know what i'm saying and and now that the the focus on the investment has changed then instead of long term they want the quick hit yeah and you know us as you know at our community like because I can rock with that. I don't think they're looking for Jay. Yeah, I don't. You're right. They're not looking for Jay Z anymore. No, nah, they just want you know. They they just want you know. What I'm saying it's a disposable market now. Yeah, they want to cash in on what you already got going on. They don't want to put the investment in it no more. Right, right. We just want to we just want to cash in and bounce. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where we at. And there there goes we just you just answered our whole question right there. Mm. Is development important today? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you know, I mean, once they turned it into the the money machine that it is now, all the you know the all, all that stuff is out the window. It's, it's nothing about longevity. That's that's why everybody's always talking about playing the stock market and different stuff like that because nobody's looking at tomorrow; they're looking at today. Right. You and, know. And the sad thing is, I. Like, um, there's one song that's in my mind right now. There's an artist, uh, that dude, AMBJ, AMBJ, mm. Uno, those, Trace, yeah, thought, though. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that song was pretty dope. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And But what else have you heard out of that guy? You haven't. Now, if I had a record label, mm-hmm. and I had signed him, mm-hmm. that the the sound that he had in that song, mm-hmm would have encouraged him to follow that lane mm. a little bit more. Shit. It didn't sound like anything else that was happening. Music is so disposable now. He he probably made that song, but that was that that probably was something different yeah, for he him. Probably made that song as a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, oh yeah, they're probably <laughs> just goofing off one day like, oh no, those yeah. you know, it, they're like, hey, that's kind of dope. It's like, is it, man? That's right. We're going to do a whole song like that. Put the machine behind it and push it. But <laughs> that was something to be explored that didn't get developed any further. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nice X, Lil Nice X is a guy the record labels picked up with the intent on developing him. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw, they saw what he did with Old Town Road. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know what? This is a guy we're gonna. They invested, yes, in Lil Nas X. He paid. Now is he? I don't think that they're getting the full return though, because of two facts. One is country music is not accepting this dude, and hip hop is not accepting this dude. He's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where do you go? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You know? But they they are, so they 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 had a, an errant judgment in investing so much in them. But I see why they did. Yeah. You know, the best of both worlds. 
Right. He he's and it just didn't a pan part out. Of the community and he does country music. And let's not forget the most selling genre of music, fucking country music. The the sad part about it is he didn't give a, he didn't give them another country song after that. Right. He walked right away from the thing that put him where he is. And acting like it never happened. Next song, Hey Panini. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that same dude that did Old Town Road. So that sound, he didn't even keep that lane. He's crazy. Created a lane, didn't stay in it. He's crazy. I'm telling you, I'd have been <laughs> making songs with Luke Bryan and where? I'd dig Johnny Cash up and make a song with him if I had, I had to get Garth Brooks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real. <laughs> yeah, man. You, yeah, they they dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. They dropped the ball. Right, right. But who's to say that that's, that's the lane he wanted to go in creatively? It might not have been. You know, so. But unfortunately, the rest of his music did not grab us. No. The His persona did. Oh, like your girl. What's the uh, the heavyset girl? Um, Lizzo? Izzo. Yeah. Lizzo. Uh-huh. What happened? I don't think she's gone yet. I think right now she's in that stage where she's just being famous. She never made our music though. But when she showed up at the Laker game, that's when all of a sudden nah, she she singer. She had she had some stuff for us. Like, nah, bro, she ain't make like a lot of them songs, man. A lot of them songs been floating for years. Like by the time we heard them, she made them songs a long time ago. Like Lizzo, Lizzo got she had some everything. She didn't make our music, man. She she made on um, that that commercial music because that song that her her most popular song was a commercial commercial song. Yeah. It was relatable in our community. Think about where she's from. She's from up there where Prince is from. Yeah. And if you think about it, think about Prince. People who know Prince, right? Is if you watch a, a any movie about Prince, Prince is black. Mm-hmm. He did black stuff, right? But where he's from, yeah, and you know he was able to make music. Yeah. Anything that you know, it must be some kind of influence up that way in the in the what in is the it? Twin cities in the twin cities. Look, man, that allows for this when I musical there, ambiguity. I lived there for a short time, but when I moved there, it gave me a greater respect for Prince. Why is that? Cause I understood, like, just yeah. it, it's different. White people and black people move together differently. Yes, in some of those places, like now, there's still racism, and there's still certain areas that are extremely segregated. But on the flip side of that, there was a liberal part in that area that allowed for mm-hmm. for interracial relationships mm-hmm. when the rest of the country wasn't having it. Absolutely, on a level that that was greater than the rest of America. Mm-hmm. And that lent for a meshing of the sounds. Right. That's why Prince can be funky and can kill a guitar. Absolutely. You know, the guy, hey, if I was your girlfriend, and let's go crazy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Purple Rain. You know? <laughs> and then you start thinking about Michael Jackson. You really not, Indiana ain't too far Damn. from the area. Right. You know, Michael Jackson's yeah, another one. You know, he give you Billy Jean and then turn around and get you beat it. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. And the same thing with Lizzo. She give you Truth Hurts, but she also turn around and give you Juice. Mm-hmm. So. I get it. 
I get it. Yeah. Look at Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, he's from Philly, right? No, um, um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, ah, oh, not quite Philly, right? right. Long <laughs> way from Philly. <laughs> Pittsburgh, you know, right? And and I think they used to call Pittsburgh like the gateway to the to the West. Mm. Hence the Midwest. So the Midwest so is supposed to start at Pittsburgh and stretch across, right? And he's able to to move freely between both worlds, right? Right, and make music for both. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we just discovered something. Now that's a, that's something that I don't think you can develop. That an artist has to come with that, right? And yeah. and everybody doesn't have it. The weekend can do it easily. You know, every everybody can't do that. Yeah, Bruno Mars can do it. Neo can do it. Neo. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown can do it. The great <laughs> <laughs> R. Yep. Kelly can do it. R. Kelly can do it. But he he only does it every now and then. For the yeah. most part, he keeps it black as ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. has he has everything in him. Everything in him. Yep. Yeah. When you start dealing with that area of the country, those artists they can they can swing it both ways and knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't develop that, man. They, right. You know. So when they found Lil Nas X, I think they thought they were getting another one of those. And where is he from? I don't know. Let's look it up. I don't know where Lil Nas X from. Lil Nas X. He was born in Lithia Springs, Georgia. Mm. Okay. Yep. But uh, he started off as as his rapper, plain old rapper though. Right. And developed into what he is. On his own. He just had interest in a whole lot of different stuff. Just blew up. Eminem was able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Destiny. You're talking Detroit. They're still up there. Right. Right. Uh, Where it's cold and black people and white people got to work the same low-wage jobs mm. together. That's where that music comes from. Just imagine <laughs> if um, Soldier Boy had artist development. They needed. They just need to keep him out of his own way. Yeah, he he he's still not developed now. <laughs> still not developed. Nope. <laughs> so, well, no, I take that back. Soldier Boy. <clears throat> Soldier Boy understood this. He came in the game understanding, like his music. His music was comprehensible. Like it was comprehensive. Hmm. It it was well put together from the beginning. You know, the hook was there. The count was right. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he just had it. He didn't need to be taught. Yeah. He, he, as far he, as that part of the development, the part he needed, right. he needed the personal development. Yeah. And, you know, it came later, but by the time it came, it was a little too late. Now he's, you know, by the time guys figure out they need to start doing so many drugs and it's time to show up on time and take this serious. Right. That's the other side of your career. You missed the plateau. This is Capital City with Capital J.